All right, welcome everybody to this episode of Breaking Absolutes. Uh, It's really exciting today for me to get to talk to Michael Romeo. Uh, I've been a fan of his for a long, long time. The opportunity to talk to him presented me with uh, um, an opportunity to go back and kind of listen through to his work from the beginning. Um, And as I like to do, I'm going to kind of chronicle that. We can't possibly cover it all, but we'll touch on points of it to come up to his new release that's forthcoming uh, in March, um, the world, uh, war of the worlds part two. Um, if you're f- not familiar with the show, my whole deal is I'm a, I'm a musician and composer myself. I do the show largely because I feel like there's a lot of, um, uh, pigeonholing, uh, with, with artists inside this genre that are doing important work, like really great music that deserves a broader audience. And, and that's what I hope to tease out as I talk to the people I do. Um, uh, so today I'm talking to Michael Romeo, and um, just a couple of sparklers uh, about his career for those folks who may not know or have not sort of um, looked at at the body of his work in a long time. Uh, he founded the progressive metal band Symphony X. You can't look at any roll-up of meaningful progressive metal bands without seeing the name Symphony X. Um, that's not exaggeration. Um, he's been ranked, you know, and I know that these things may be subjective, but from um, sort of um, meaningful uh, journalistic outlets, he's been ranked in the top 100 me- heavy metal guitarists, the guitar world. He's worked with the likes of Arian. Um, we've had Arian on the show, and and um, I think we know the kind of caliber of talent that Arian chooses to work with to make his music. So I think that says, says something about Michael. Um, their their album, The Divine Wings of Tragedy, has been listed in top 500 um, rock and metal records by rock hard magazine um he's this was 17 and top progressive metal albums so you get the point there they've charted uh several times uh, in particular with paradise lost and iconoclast they've hit the the billboard charts um they reached number one on billboard's heat seeker with paradise lost um the iconoclast album hit number seven on the top uh, top hard rock chart uh, I mean, I could go on and on here, but you kind of take my point that the industry has acknowledged the the work here. Um, and so with that as my preamble, let me bring Michael on and we'll start our chat. Michael, welcome. Hey, man. What's up? I'm not, That's a lot of stuff right there. I didn't even know half of that stuff. Dude, man, I'm I learning, didn't. I'm I didn't, learning something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even read it all. Um, oh, shit. I, 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 you know, b- partly because I want to respect your time and I think we we, we have an hour so ah, whatever, man, we got whatever you need. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Well, then maybe I'll, I'll come back to some of these chart positions as we walk through some of the, the Symphony X catalog, but it's important to me because I think once you start to, to um, say those things out loud, it, it, it starts to kind of accrete to something more. Um, you know, those happen as, as moments of time in your career, but I, I get a, you know, I get to sit there and look back at this stuff as I prepare to talk to you. So, um, but let's start with a couple of things. You know, there you're not the only guy to sort of take um and infuse your music, some of it anyway, with with classical influence. But you are a guy, as I started to read more about you, like it's like the breadth of of classical composers that you actually pay attention to, um, not just ju- not just as a matter of oh you you know listed an influence somewhere, but that you include as in your interpretations of their music and pieces and passages of your songs is a um, little bit more, a little deeper. And I'm, I'm wondering if I'm reading more into that or if like you have some sort of background or 
um, not necessarily training, but like affinity for classical music that you can tell us about? No, I mean, I, I, I totally do. I mean, I love that stuff. Uh, even when I was young, um, there was something about classical music. There was something about film music, you know, being a young kid and, and you know, seeing Star Wars and hearing that music and the power of that kind of stuff. And as I got older, um, you know, being open to different kinds of composers and different kinds of music, um, you know, not just Beethoven and that stuff when I was younger, maybe I was familiar with um, getting into later composers, uh, Stravinsky and, and Bartok and, and some of these things. Um, and of course, you know, John Williams and, and guys like Hans Zimmer and some of the film stuff, because there's a lot of classical, especially Williams, a lot of that kind of stuff in there. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I always love that stuff. I mean, I'll listen to, I'll be down here hanging out and maybe I'll have on some Sabbath and then maybe I'll have on some Stravinsky after that. So, you know, I mean, I, I do love all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, and I've always studied it too. I've always studied it in orchestration and, you know, with the band, yeah, we would always touch on some of these orchestral kind of things. And with the solo record, yeah, I just wanted to be a little more of that, a little more of the, the cinematic orchestration with, with guitar and infused in the songs and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've always, always loved that stuff and always like to learn about it and, and try to make it a part, you know, doing a record or doing any kind of music, just trying to put that all together. And it could be, you know, yeah, it could be uh, the real classical guys or it could be more modern guys or film guys or it could be electronic guys and, and all the metal stuff i grew up with i mean there's just so much really good music yeah you know, i just try to cram it all in a one place and hope for the best you know well um let me let me pay you this compliment um i also in part of my life i'm a writer and one of my favorite writers makes this comment he says you don't go slumming in someone else's genre the meaning of that is that uh, you know, if if horror books all of a sudden become really popular, but you're not a horror writer, if you just try and go write a horror book, you're kind of slumming to try and capture an audience. Mm. I say that the context of that is that with you, uh, you know, and I'm not going to name names. There's a lot of of players, and they've got great technical facility, who make use of classical music, and some of them do it well. But there's a mm. lot of them where it feels like it's um, it's affected. Your work never feels that way. Your work, um, it feels like there's an uh, there's an authentic appreciation for it, um, and, which matters to me because it because I like that kind of music too. Um, but you do. Um, I just wanted to say it out loud. You do a, a phenomenal job, of, and not just by the way, oh, you know, hey, I'm going to play a passage of this or that, but like um, using the style and interpreting it through the way you write music. And we'll talk more about that with your new record. But I wanted to say that up front before I. So I didn't forget. <laughs> no, and I get it, man. I mean, this is stuff that, you know, like I'm not, I'm not slumming. I mean, this is yeah. the stuff that I like, and this is the stuff if I'm writing that, that I'm inspired by. That's right. You know, and I want to learn about it and I want to be able to, yeah, I mean, you know, not rip it off, but borrow and learn about some of these techniques and then put it into your own stuff. So you yeah, can, I mean, it's, it's legit, man. I mean, it's legit. You can tell like you, um, you can tell even without the um, references to these artists or even a f real familiarity with the genre, it never feels borrowed. Um, so um, kudos to you on that. Cause I don't think oh, that's easy. That may be an, a gift of yours, but it's, it's not an easy thing. Um, there's another thing about a lot of your music that I love. Um, and this is a bias of mine. 
and followers of the show will know this, but you are not afraid to tackle big thematic narrative ideas. (laughs) Um, I mean, let me just say a few out loud for people. Uh, John Milton's Paradise Lost and Paradise uh, Regained, Mm. Dante Alighieri's Inferno. Like these are, I was an English major. So like, I'm just like freaking out as I'm, as I'm going (laughs) through all this stuff. Lewis Carroll's Through the Looking Class, which is of course a follow on from Alice, uh, Alice and Ventures in Wonderland. Homer's Odyssey. I mean, there's just not many stories bigger than these. Um, um, Paradise Lost, um, the the Orpheus in the Underworld, which is also another uh, Dante, and then of course the H.G. Wells stuff. Uh, these big science fiction themes that have like these macro ideas in them. I, I I'm curious to know if you're a reader or if you're more like experiencing these, these through film. Um, like what or what what draws you to them as sort of narrative inspiration? Uh, I think, I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, there's a couple things about that whole idea for me, that that way of working. I mean, yeah, I mean, I read a little bit, you know, I'm not, you know, total book guy and, and I love movies, so there's that. Um, and I think for me, if I'm trying to write, uh, I'm trying to find something kind of to write about, you know, to, and, and I think that goes back to when I was a kid and watching these movies and this big music and it paints this big picture and, you know, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings and this big epic, you know, music's fantastic. So I think that always stuck with me. So if I'm trying to write, I, you know, I think it's easier for me too when there's like a goal or, or some kind of uh, blueprint. It's like, okay, with the solo record, it's like, okay, I mean, I knew... I wanted it to be, yeah, I mean, obviously metal. I wanted it to be heavy and a little bit of prog rock. And and I did want a lot of this cinematic with the guitar and these kind of orchestral things, maybe hinting at Williams a little bit and, you know, Holst, you know, that kind of thing. So again, I'll try to find a story, you know, and I try to find a story that's kind of like everybody knows, you know, most people know War of the Worlds or Paradise Lost or the Odyssey, you know, and these, these, these kind of classic tales that we have. Yeah. So for me, that, you know, it's just a lot of inspiration and I'll start to have visuals if I'm writing something and it's like, oh, this kind of thing. And in the Odyssey, it's like, oh, this is where this happens and this music can be a little more dark and, you know, aggressive here and then it's nice here. So for me, just to write, it's just, you know, it's just, I find it easier. I find it, you know, inspiring too, because it's, it's like you said, there's these grand topics, these big epic things um and then you're just trying to set music to it yeah. you know and and of course you know with war of the worlds it's like yeah it wasn't concept record it's like i want to tell the story exactly how it is it was more like well that's the theme of it you know lyrically man it's a little bit about this it's really a them or us them versus us kind of thing yeah so it could be interpreted in different ways but i think the music that's like that's where i start you know, find some kind of topic. It's like, yeah, man, this this feels right. It's something I can work with. And then let me start, you know, busting my ass and trying to come up with stuff that, that that's right. Well, it's, um, I was actually going to ask you that very question with the new record because I got a chance to listen through to it. Um, I don't have to tell you, I, I don't, um, I, I'm not easy with my praise, but this is a record that, um, uh, I, as soon as I, li- I always listen, start to finish. Uh, I, I hate to cherry pick tracks. 
Uh, and I had spun, as soon as I spun it once, I immediately respun it. Uh, I, and um, I'm, it's a great record, and we're going to go deeper on it. But the thing that um, came to me while I was listening to it is it seemed like a, 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 an inspired by versus a I'm not going to do a plot points. It, but it was, it's these larger ideas, this us versus them. And some of the some leaning in on that theme, some of these tracks just deliver really like um, visceral um, music against those themes. So I think you succeeded there, uh, at least mm. for this listener. Thanks, um, man. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I want to say before we get into some specifics is <clears throat> the I listen to a ton of of um, progressive metal, progressive rock. A lot of guys with a lot of technical facility, and even can do that and and do it musically but one of the things that i always listen for which i call a third gear is uh particularly with guitar players is someone can use all of that in service of the song in service of melody that 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 is communicating the song not just as a function of demonstrating ability or even even a musical line um you're you're you sit in rarefied air in my view in guitarists who hit that third gear and I'm going to talk about that with some of the actual tracks. But um, again, I say some of these things um, when I'm thinking them so I don't forget. Um, um, so let's start just real quickly with collaborations. We've had Arian on. You've done some work with him. How did that uh, eventuate? Are you guys, did he reach out to you because he's heard you heard your music and he just wanted yeah. to collaborate? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first one, oh man, it was going way, way back. And, um, yeah, I mean, he just contacted me, and I mean, I, obviously, of course, I knew knew about him. Yeah. And uh, he's like, "Oh man, if you could, you know, do a solo on this track," I was like, "You know," I'm like, "Yeah, of course, you know, no, no problem." Yeah. And then over the years, you know, we we go to Europe, and you know, we see him over there, and chat for a bit. Um, and then recently, a few months back, or I, I don't even know, it was, it was a while ago. I'm losing track of time with all this insanity going on. Yeah. But um. <laughs> and again yeah he contacted me he's, you know he had the new record and you know he said oh man this would be a great solo uh section here for you and so yeah i mean you know fires over some tracks and you know, I, I do my best and uh hopefully everybody's happy was this the the star one record this last one or was it the was the, it was it the he's got a record that just dropped called star one there's a track called revel in time was that the one do you remember? Oh, what was the title of it? Oh. I may have it wrong. I think I, I yeah. think I saw that it was Revel in Time. And I know that like you're so busy that asking you to remember <laughs> titles. Is yeah, I'm not that busy. It's just like the whole time <laughs> the whole time thing is just like it's like, yeah. Yeah. Time dilation like, inside COVID. It's totally out of whack, man. Like just yeah. Yeah. But whatever the latest thing that that he had put out recently, yes. It's yeah. That. I think it's that, and and there've been others. Um, um, again, that's I think a great a great nod because Arian's kind of in a position to choose people he likes to work with. So yeah. um, that's very cool. But you've also worked with Steve Walsh, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shadow Man, his solo album there. Um, you did some more. Dude, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, man. It's like I'm a huge Kansas fan. Yeah, I like always was huge Kansas fan. And we were playing somewhere, and they came to see us. Right? Is that how that went down? Yeah. So I got to meet the guys and, you know, chatted, exchanged some stuff. And 
then you know i don't know a year a couple years later whenever it was that, that steve was going to do his thing and he contacted me and um yeah i mean he wanted me just to do some of this more orchestral and some arranging kind of stuff you know so it's just a different thing but i'm like i mean i love again talking like we were just talking about i love doing yeah. all that stuff and um you know he he's in jersey where i'm at and he's down in the studio sitting next to me and like <laughs> i had to friggin <laughs> you know i had to think about it for a minute like my oh my that's like fucking steve walsh just hanging out <laughs> you know because i was such you know and i'm trying not to be fanboy you yeah know, yeah with yeah but yeah i mean again those those bands that i grew up with and that i learned so much from kansas and, and rush and, and elp um such a big part of um you know of just you know when i'm writing there's always some of that coming out there's always some of that thing so that was a cool you know and then i ended up doing um they for their tour that they were doing and i did this for fun um i i took a lot of the kansas themes mm. um dust in the wind i mean just a bunch of stuff i could find because they have so many great thematic things and i just did like this little orchestral like a disney fantasia this little kind of little piece like a little medley kind of thing and i sent it to him I'm like hey guys i was just you know having some fun and i think it was phil phil or c one of them reached out and they're just like oh man we're going to use this for this going to open the show you know so then i go to see him and it's like playing you know the thing and i'm like I'm like wow this is fucking cool <laughs> that's yeah how cool yeah i mean it's just cool stuff like that that you know it's like yeah shit's all messed up now with it but but there's things like that along the way that um that it's like yeah man this there's some there's some good times in there you know yeah when you those chances you get to work with sort of musical heroes are some of the the dividends right the yeah. uh, all of the hard work um Last one I want to mention, and I hope I don't slaughter his name, but um, Vitaly. Uh, oh, Vitaly, yeah. Yeah, I see him. I, I've seen TSO countless times on the West Coast tour, and he's always up there just flailing on the keyboard like a madman. Yeah. Um, I remember, I think the first thing he wanted me to play on, and it was like some, what's it? I think it was not a Beethoven thing. I mean, again, going way, way back. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was some insane you know and i'm like oh i'm all right yeah, give me a minute you know, give me a minute but yeah so it's cool that's why it's cool sometimes i mean you know so used to like with the band and what we're working on and what you know how we're operating and then there's something else that's totally different yeah um kind of comes in and, and it's and it's cool you know kind of get away from the normal thing um you know like with with uh, steve walsh thing yeah i mean no guitar really it was more he he uh a different kind of record you know it was a different kind of thing that he was doing so doing some of these orchestrations or or with vitaly or any of these guys it's like oh it's a little bit more of this classical and really you know technique yeah kind of stuff and so that's cool man you know bouncing around a little bit in, in different things you know yeah i always call those palate cleansers like you can get mm, pretty nice, yeah. narrow narrowly focused on something of necessity, but sometimes it's really healthy to be able to break and do something different. Um, I, I, the qu last question I have on that is are, when you do those, do, are you given some license to, or are you given like very prescriptive? Here's what we want. From, or is it changed based on the part, the collaboration? 
No, I mean, usually it's like, you know, I mean, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at like, if I hear something, like, I kind of know what is right. I mean, and then if it's not like, you know, obviously someone will be like, Hey man, maybe blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I think, you know, and, and knowing the guys and knowing what they do, what the right approach might be. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, luckily it, it's always been smooth and, you know, and I think if someone's asking me, to, you know, if they're asking me to do something, they kind of know what I do. So it's like, you know, and yeah. again, like with the solo record, it's like, you know, knowing what, um, Macaluso, his drum style or JD on bass. And, and it's like, well, here's kind of my idea, you know, and I know what you guys can do. So yeah, make your own thing, you know, don't stray from what the song is, right. You know, don't, don't go totally left field somewhere. Yeah. But, um, but, but you're yeah, working, do, do what you do. Yeah. You're working, you do. you're working with someone who, um, um, you know, you can kind of turn them loose a little bit because, uh, you trust, you know, they're, they're what they do, as you say, and you can kind of trust that they'll stay, um, focused. Somewhat. And I, and I think, and the, the end result is always really good too, because it's like, yeah. yeah, they're putting in that, you know, with Dino, with the new album and the vocals and, um, you know, he's a fantastic singer, phenomenal. Yeah. And, um, but again, it's like, you know, I'll have the melody, I'll have a basic idea of the melody and I'll be humming it in whatever, or pl whatever it is. And, but it's like, okay, here's my basic thing. Um, you know, now, now run with the ball, you know, if maybe I go up on this melody. Maybe you feel like it should go down. Maybe you're hearing a harmony or something. So it's like, yeah, man, go do your thing. Don't go too far. Yeah. But, and usually when the end result is like, yeah, I mean, you can feel there's something about the energy there. Yeah. I think when you give, I've done some work like that. And I think when you give just enough um, latitude for someone to um, do a little bit of creation in there, they get a little bit invested in it versus yeah. if it's like, Hey, sing this exact line, this exact way. Um, that's robotic. Um, and there are places, um, again, we're going to get deeper into the record. I just have some things I want to, um, go over, but there are places in the record I want to ask you where it sounds as if Dino's just caught up in the music and he's doing some shit that's just like, hopefully, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully, that's the, the that's, that's the, what happens. Well, that's the vibe. There are places where it, the, it, it, the vibe is that he's just loving the hell out of singing on the track. And there's some things that feel like he's doing some scatting or some, some other stuff that, that may, may, may not have been written. Uh, or maybe they may maybe have, but um, yeah, and usually that the, those kind of little improvy things are a little. Here's the end of the song, and there's a little uh, ad libbing going on. Yeah, it's like yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, go, you know, do it, do whatever you feel. Yeah. Um. All right, let's talk a little bit about. I mean, we can't not talk about Symphony X a little bit, right? Of course. Um. Must. So one quick, I don't want, and we, we can't cover it all. It, that'd take us forever, but I, there's some places I want to stop and, and visit a, a little bit. One's a simple one with damnation game. Were you ever a reader of Clive Barker? You know, I was that familiar. Name? I was familiar. Yes. He wrote a great novel. I just wondered if that was a thematic tie. And I don't really know that now. I mean, I think I have like, what I mean, is it, is it books of blood or something? That was I, the first ones. Yeah, man. I got them floating around somewhere here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, again, you know, freaking movies and some books and, you know, horror. You yeah, know, yeah, I'm a yeah. horror guy, too. I love all that stuff. So, 
Yeah, oh, sure. well, we have to. I have to ask you then, like, what's a favorite horror film? Hmm. Because I was a okay. big horror fan for years. It Still depends, am. though. It depends, like, what kind of horror we're talking. Like, is like slasher horror or like? No, something that's more dread, like more, like in your in your emotions. Oh man. All right, let me see if I could get my top to couple. Put you on like, the spot. No, 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 man. I mean, I, I could, I could rattle them off, dude. You know, um, I'll just try to think. Growing up, yeah, you know, Psycho, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And The Exorcist and The Omen. The Omen was my favorite of that bunch. You know, the original Omen. Yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. And again, the music with the chanting. Oh man, freaking right on point. Um, yeah, but I mean, even like Silence of the Lambs or or Jaws is. Man, it's maybe more of a thriller, but still, I mean, it's oh, there's definitely a horror element there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the I love that one of the things that you note about those is the soundtracks. Um, I have this debate. I know you're a Star Wars guy. I have this debate. I'm doing a big uh, collaboration with a fantasy writer by the name of Brandon Sanderson, and I have this debate with him that um, Star Wars would not have been the success it is without that soundtrack. Like if you put one correct. of those cheesy '80s things, like Sand Elmo's fire on top of that. Oh God! Oh God! Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine oh shit! <laughs> uh, and I, I no. know that the it's archetypal storytelling and, and very good storytelling, but I just think we, it would be this weird campy thing for Filkers if yeah. if it had been '80s soundtrack. Um, yeah, dude, you are. I mean, so right. And I mean, at that time too, looking back, I mean, even though I was really young, like yeah, super young. Um, a lot of those movies in the 70s, a lot of the music was starting to go into the, the jazz kind of stuff and like Taxi Driver and, and, you know, even as Bernard Herrmann, another one of my favorite guys who did Psycho. And then you kind of had a lot of that jazzy kind of stuff and the music was there, but it was just like kind of doing its thing. And then freaking Star Wars comes out. You know, and I remember just being, yeah. you know, being a kid in the movies and it's like, here comes this big thing. And that music was like, holy shit. It was just like, bam. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. that, and it was ever since then, man, I always, I just fell in love with that stuff. You know? Well, and the, you know, his use of musical motifs to, for characters um, to signal their entrance and stuff. Nah. Like it was, um, yeah, I, 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 I love it, but I can just listen to. I can just listen to the soundtrack, um, you know, as much as I love the movie and still be moved by it. Um, the first, the first, just as an aside, the first soundtrack made me take note. I was a pretty young kid, but was Bill Conti's for Rocky. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. I was like, where'd this come from? And it had all this yeah, great dude. triumphant music, but then it had some of that street, like, harmony stuff. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, Again, so like the, the perfect music. Right. For the perfect movie, that marriage, and then it's like golden. You know, yeah. it's gold. Yeah. Same deal with Rocky. If it had been some cheesy 80s, you know, something, we wouldn't be, Sylvester Stallone would still be making porn films or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love that guy. I, I'm not trying to yeah. throw shade. Um, okay, so let's go forward a little bit. Divine Wings of Tragedy. This isn't the, this isn't the record that... Um, reached the highest chart positions for you guys. But in my sort of informal survey of friends who are fans of yours, it's usually the album that they talk about the most. Why do you think that is? What was the, what, what switch got turned with that album? You think? 
um, I think by that album, like we kind of knew what we were doing. Like I think we knew what what our thing was. You know, like on the the previous album, even the first album. You know, just you know, because everything happened fast. I mean, it's not like the band was around for ten years and we were developing this style or something. It happened quick. I mean, I had done that old solo record and uh, Japanese label called and wanted to know if I had a band and I was like, oh yeah, of course I got a band. I, I don't have a band. Um, <laughs> so I like try to pull it together. So uh, the first album, yeah, just kind of seeing what, you know, what, what we could do. And then the second record, I think a lot, uh, me and Pinella having that classical thing in common was there was a little more of that kind of neoclassical thing. There was still some other, you know, progressive some of the kansas and rush and elp a little bit but i think on divine it was like yeah because there's stuff that's heavy you know and me growing up with you know whatever sabbath and priest and maiden and, and pantera and metallica and, and megadeth and all this stuff there's some of that and then there is some of the the rush and some of the progressive stuff and yeah there is some of the classical stuff too yeah. And even starting back then, even to touch a little bit on, on some of the kind of orchestral stuff that would eventually become, you know, later on, the later records. Yeah. But I think that record, it was like we kind of knew. Like, I just remember, yeah, there was times like in the studio when we were just down there goofing around and it, it just, there was something about it. It was like this kind of magic thing. It was like, oh, yeah, man, that's, you know, kind of goosebumps on this thing or, you know, the accolade. And it's like, oh, yeah, man, that's, you know, uh, there was definitely moments yeah. where it felt it felt right. It felt good. Well, it is it is a record that um, uh, gets pointed to and listed, um, you know, like Loudwire's got it as one of the top 25 progressive metal albums of all time. Um, like it's there are places that sort of spend their time. And I knew some sometimes this is done just as from journalists, but Metal Hammer's got it ranked as the fifteenth best symphonic metal. I know that sometimes the tags, the genres, they're fluid, yeah. but yeah. the point is, is that um, uh, it kind of it, it seemed to be a step change for you guys, um, certainly in the minds of fans. Um, so let's roll forward. Uh, I know that there was the Twilight and Olympus. Uh, I think that's when you guys first started touring. Was that the first tour? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um yeah i mean because back then i mean you know what we were doing you know here just wasn't popular yeah it wasn't happening that kind of thing and overseas it was so yeah we we started touring um and then the next record uh you guys are are on inside out is that the first inside out record with the the new mythology suite in Europe, right? I think it was. I think it was on Nuclear. No, it was on Metal Blade here, maybe. Okay. Again, the uh, the COVID time warp. That <laughs> I'm asking you to remember stuff that's not fair. I don't but... know what I did yesterday, bro. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging in there best I can. Um, well, at some point, though, you, there's this this major label shift. Yeah, and inside out. Um, what was the what was the difference for you guys with moving to that label? Like we did it, did they do better marketing for you guys, better tour support, you know, what, cause it seems like that there's, it is a bit of an inflection point. I mean, you could argue that you're getting better as songwriters and, and 
whatnot. But I'm wondering if if you can point to the label as any sort of part of the growth as you get into the next couple of records with, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit, but. Or more, they like uh, want you now because you're bigger. <laughs> yeah, maybe that too. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, I mean, we always did what we wanted to do. You know, we always did our thing. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously some labels are like, oh, you know, we love what you do and keep doing what you're doing. But but it was never like, oh, you know, do do this or do that. Or, you know, we just did did our thing, you know, yeah. and still we were still, you know, I think Divine Wings was when we kind of felt like a band, like we kind of felt like, OK, this is our th- identity. This is where we're going. So whatever label, I don't think it would have made any difference. Yeah. We, you know, we still probably would have ended up at the same place, like with, you know, by the time you get to the Odyssey or Paradise Lost, I mean, it was going to go there regardless. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were reaching that altitude where when, you know, when you talk about bands that are marrying, you know, facility on the instrument with composition and the inclusion of influences, like classical influences, there are only so many of them doing that at that level. Um, so, you know, it makes sense that the labels that, that, that are in that business would want you in their catalog. Um, so we've talked about some of the narrative stuff. Let's fast forward to Paradise Lost. Um, you, you, this is kind of another way of asking the prior question, but do you, at this point, you've got several records out. You've done a little bit of touring. Are, are you... Is the is the how did would you account for the fact that now the industry is recognizing you? Is it that the you have a, a fan base that's just grown with time and it's sort and um, so so sales are helping albums hit uh, sound scan? You know what what do you think is the is the the change at that point? Because there is like this market like all of a sudden you're all over the place on the charts. Yeah, I mean I think a little bit of. A little bit of everything, you know, um, just from the years of doing the records and, and, you know, getting the fan base and having people come on board and, you know, because, I mean, we're doing a very specific kind of thing, you know, it's not pop or, or whatever. I mean, so it's like, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Yeah. But we always try to, you know, always try to write just good songs. And maybe this song's a little heavier. Or maybe this one's a little more proggy. Maybe this one has some classical and maybe da 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 da. You know, but still always trying to do a good song. And I think we always were about album, the album. That's why it eventually became like the album was always a theme. Yeah. It's a, it's a collection. Because like you were saying, I'm the same. I, I, I get a record. I'm not like going to this song. I'm freaking listening to the whole thing. I, I, I want to hear this whole, um, take me on this journey kind of thing. Right. I think Paradise Lost, um, yeah, because we were doing some touring and things were good. And that record, uh, production, definitely up a notch. And I think it's just a little, I remember, you know, working on that record and talking to the guys and, and it's like, yeah, you know, the Odyssey, we have this big orchestral thing. And then um, the five record, it's like a kind of, uh, you know, this concepty and it's, it's, you know, very proggy and, and that one, I do remember, <clears throat> I don't know what the hell. I mean, maybe I was listening to some, some old priest or some painkiller, and I'm like, man, you know, when I was young, like this was the shit, and it did something, and I kind of was trying to capture that again too. And it's so it's like, 
that's why that record i mean it's definitely heavier yeah and i think a lot yeah i mean a lot of it was just me just thinking um yeah it's cool to do all this other stuff you know and all those records always have the influences like we're saying rush and and uh, you know sabbath and stuff but with paradise lost i think there's something a little more yeah, I don't want to say I don't want to say aggressive, but there's something with the riff department going on, um, and and I think me just you know thinking about when I was younger and, and and some of those those bands and those riffs and the Iomi riff or you know the Randy riff or um, you know Priest talking about painkiller, yeah. so some of that was kind of coming through. Yeah, and and again, I think the songwriting we're always trying to improve, and you know, all of us as writers trying to do something. So I think that record was like a cool click where it's like, okay, production, a little better, um, kind of going back to the stuff that brought us here in the first place, like you know, some growing up with some of the metal stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just thought you know the songs were solid, so it did really well for us. It did. It and and you're right. It has there's there's kind of an edge in, in some of that music. It still has a lot of the components that existed before it. Um, but I, I think, I think you're right. I think the, some of the parts kind of just catapulted this, this record. I have to ask you about the cover. Um, this is Warren Flanagan, right? Guy who done just did the mm. matrix resurrections and he's done Watchmen and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Did you, yeah. did you target that dude or how did that happen? No, nah, he can't, he was a fan. Oh, wow. Contacted us, you know, and then he sends, you know, email or something. And it's like, oh, yeah. And I work on all this Marvel. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. You do. <laughs> and then I see the thing and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, that's freaking legit. Yeah. So, and yeah, he's super, super awesome, dude, super talented guy. And um, and again, with all those records, um, you know, he he knew what we were about. So it's like kind of just again look hey man uh, just go you know here it is paradise lost and uh okay i know what to do i'm like i'm i'm, I'm sure you do you know yeah you do your thing it's... so again it's like that thing of like just letting somebody it's like okay yeah man just you know what do you what is you what are you feeling like what does this music do for you what are you seeing yeah. and usually you know i mean him would talk about movies forever on the phone you know we'd just be bullshitting for hours about all that kind of stuff because that that's his world you know yeah yeah well it's a it's an absolutely glorious cover like it's um um still man holds up so strong um you know he's he's world-class artist that's the reason yeah. he does concepting for those major franchises um let's talk a little bit about iconoclast um a couple of the chart positions i didn't mention before it was number seven on hard rock ch hard rock chart 19 on top rock chart number 13 on top independent chart like these are serious chart positions. This isn't like, you know, 199 out of the 200 or whatever. Mm. Um, and, and then there's, but I, but I wanted to also ask you, so this, this is a thematic album, but near as I can tell, it doesn't have a, a precedent, meaning there wasn't um, a, a source that you were inspired by. This was, you know, you guys having this idea. And I, I, I took this off of an interview uh, it says the idea of machines taking over everything and all this technology we put our society into pretty much being our demise. I don't know if that's a good encapsulation, but I was going to ask you, like, thematically, what what do you think that record's addressing? I mean, when we started 
talking about it and coming up with ideas it was it was man versus machine mm. man versus machine so yeah technology or whatever and again some of the movie stuff coming in or some books even and you know uh, matrix was definitely something i was probably out of my brain rattling around um what else you know i robot uh any of these kind of you know the terminator you know any of those kind of things yeah, it's yeah. like okay those are cool visuals and the music's going to be even more maybe aggressive a little bit more edgy and i don't want to say harsh but i know what you mean mechanical yeah you know a little different it's um i asked you about that one specifically because it's a it, thematically it's kind of close to my heart i um i did the novelization of dream theaters album the astonishing which mm. has that as a conceit it's very much mm -hmm. this technology um uh, in a dystopian world that sort of supplants music expression and so the, the the idea of machines replacing or at odds with humans is it's just a it's a theme i love and um so when i go back and and listen to iconoclast it just had additional layers of of goodness for me as a listener um <laughs> I call them reader cookies, meaning like, you know how you, it's probably a tenuous analogy, but the things that I love about um, thematic music, it, um, that one's just firing on all cylinders. Um, okay, um, let's go to your solo work and we'll just a couple of steps into the current record. I, I, I wanna be sure and, and at least ask you a little bit about Dark Chapter. This came out the same year as the first Symphony X record, didn't it? Pretty, yeah, pretty darn close. I mean, yeah because that i mean that was something i did you know uh, you know i was young i didn't really have any gear i didn't have any really good equipment and yeah. i remember in my apartment just you know putting down some stuff and you know just having fun and you know yeah i did a little demo thing and sent it around back then to you know the different guitar magazines and um that you know that whole thing and then, you know, a little while later, uh, I get a call from, you know, Japanese record company. Like, oh, do you have a band? Like, yeah, I got a band. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Yeah. So, and then, then I, yeah, pull the guys together and then, you know, we're off and running. Yeah. But, um, but that to me, yeah, man, that was just like, just kind of a demo thing. And then they did the first record and they're like, oh, can we just put this out? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I mean, yeah. at the time, that's all like I was kind of able to, to do on my own. Yeah. Where now it's like, I, I, you know, if you could do anything now with the technology and stuff. So, yeah. Well, so, yeah, was... to me, it was like a demo. Always was kind of like a demo. And you can, I mean, you can hear that. But but um, so I went back and listened to it, and so you can hear that that the the difference in technology if you fast forward to today, but there's still like the the there's there's these um, like breadcrumbs that you can definitely hear of Michael Romeo, um, so it's worth listening to I think um, despite yeah, maybe this. a little bit here and there. Then again, I mean it was so long ago and I was young and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, yeah. but um. Yeah, man, kind of just the beginning of every, I mean, the beginning of the band, too. Yeah. So, yeah, there was some of this classical thing and then a lot of the riffs, and obviously it's all guitar stuff, and that's all cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, get to the War of the Worlds stuff, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm still going to do all this guitar stuff, but now, 
you know, I can have all this orchestral stuff and I can have all this sound design and, and all these synths and, you know, I'll, I'll throw all these different instruments on and, and just do this, you know, you do so much more now. Well, um, before we talk about where, where the world's part one, uh, is there, when you're doing a symphony X record versus your solo, are you, what are the differences are, um, is it because you're just making all of the, the, the larger orchestra orchestration choices, or are you doing that with symphony X anyway? So I guess I'm trying to figure out, is there, is there some way you think about your solo work differently than you do the band? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, there's, there's always going to be similarities, you know, I mean, the way I'll do a riff or, you know, however I'm writing. Yeah. Um, probably the big thing with the band is that like, we know we have to play it live. So there's kind of limits on, you know, it's like, yeah, do I want to put a hundred guitar parts on there? You know, then, then what the hell am I going to do? Like, yeah. How is that going to, you know, you got to reproduce it with the solo thing. It's like, well, you know, not really thinking about any kind of live thing. Um, so you could just do whatever you want, like yeah. total freedom to do as much as you want. Um, and yeah, as far as the writing with the solo album, it's like, yeah, a little more of this orchestral and guitar, ex more extended pieces yeah. where it's that kind of thing. And even on the part one, there's like whatever this metal dubstep thing. And, and that's something, you know, the band would never do that. You know, I don't think yeah, they yeah. ever do that. So it's like things that maybe we wouldn't do, or maybe I could go a little bit more in this direction and maybe there's some more sound design or, or whatever it is. So trying to make it a little different. Is, um, yeah. Cause I, if you were to try and pull this off live, unless you had just a hellaciously large ensemble, you'd have to play with a lot of backing tracks. Yeah. I'm um, not a fan of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. cause but was it was not, but it's not, you know, it's like, it, it wasn't, that wasn't the end goal. The right. end goal was like the audio of it. The, 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 uh, how can I say the album itself? That's the end result. Yeah. Um, so you, what put you on this when you, when you started to get in, and this is more recently, I think that the first war of the world's record came out in 2018. Is that right? Um, yeah. Um, again <laughs> what, what put you on this on this this uh, path for this uh these two records that have this like this big cinematic palette um you know was it was it is it something you'd always wanted to do just didn't have time for was it downtime what um yeah i mean the main thing was um it was downtime you know russ had been in that accident right. and we you know we weren't sure you know, what was going to happen with the band. And um, so he needed some time, you know, he needed some time to sort things out with, you know, I, I totally get it, you know, going through something like that. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So the band had some downtime and I'm like, okay. I mean, I did have some ideas and again, talking about like more of this cinematic stuff and where it's just the orchestra and the guitar, or there's way more synths or the, maybe there's some of this electronica or electronic kind of stuff. Yeah. It would be cool to just kind of smash that all together and see. So, I mean, that's kind of, that, that's how it all started. You know, Yeah. Um, the band had some downtime. I had a little bit of time to do it. And yeah, there was a couple of things I thought, um, you know, even though with the band, yeah, there is a lot of the orchestral element in the band, but with the solo record, it was like, yeah, maybe trying to even do a little more, uh, even more of that cinematic thing. Yeah. And then just trying, just trying different things, 
you know, just trying to be creative and that didn't matter. Just, just doing whatever, whatever I was feeling, just do it. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you, um, I love that you sort of unshackled yourself. That's a really bad way to say that, but that you just kind of allowed yourself to go do this stuff because the result in this record really does have this cinematic feel because of the layering. Um, even in Dino's voice, there's all of these layers going on. Um, when you get into songs that are either principally cinematic or have these like ending um, codas that are very cinematic, it, it gives you this large, this large feeling. Uh, it's um, like, you know, this is a record that people really need, need to just sort of sit in a dark room with their headphones on, turn it on and let it go. Cause it will invoke the imagery and the feelings that the theme, um, the theme is taking. Um, I, I hope so. I mean, that's, that's the goal. Yeah, you know, that's the goal. Like I said, if I'm sitting here writing and I'm thinking about, you know, whatever kind of visual and I'm trying to put music to it and it's like, yeah, I mean, if people are listening, they there's something that they, they kind of can see that too. That's freaking awesome. So you know? on but the, it's not shackles. I just want to say, man, not shackles. I mean, no, no, it's a bad, there's a bad term. Yeah, it's just, the band, uh, I mean, the band, we could do whatever we want, but, right. but there is the thing where it's like, we can't overdo it because it does have to be done live. And right. um, yeah, I mean, and the band's not going to do a dubstep song. I mean, <laughs> right. I, I don't even know what the fuck I was thinking. You know, it's just, <laughs> well, you're again, trying, so. uh, yeah, it's just trying stuff and having fun. You know, it's, that's all it is. Just, 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 you know. Yeah. Although fun. it might be funny as hell for you guys to rip into a dubstep section when you go out on tour. <laughs> yeah. Just throw people for a loop. Um, that first War of the Worlds record, uh, just mentioning hit eight on U.S. Heat Seekers albums, the Billboard chart. Um, it charted in Belgium, Germany, um, in in Switzerland. Um, and you used on that record, you had Risk Castellano. Am I saying mm, his name right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he. Uh, um, but you didn't use him on the second record. Was that just a desire to just expand, or? Yeah, I mean, I knew like early on. It's like you know, I think I'm gonna you know just try something else. And I mean, Rick is a good friend of mine. You know, and he's an unknown guy. And, um, you know, I just thought it's like, yeah, you know, when I was young, you know, I, someone gave me a chance to do something. So I yeah. thought, yeah, man, I mean, he's a good, great guy. I think he's, you know, he's a great singer. And it's like, yeah, man, come on down. Yeah, he's unknown. I mean, who cares? He did a great job on that album. Yeah, like, I think really he did good. great. And then the second one I was like, okay, you know, maybe let me try something else. And I thought about that idea of maybe a different singer on every song or, or, or whatever. Mm. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, ah, nah, I don't know if that's right for this thing. Uh, and then I thought just about who else can I get? Who, you know, who else, you know, who else do I know? And, um, and then one day I was talking to Simone Mulleroni and you know, he does all mixing and mastering and helps me with the, helps me with these records. Yeah. And he was like, oh man, I just called my buddy Dino. He would love to do it. And uh, I was like, oh, man, see if he, you know, if he'd be into it. And, yeah, I mean, he was into it and talked to him. And he was like, oh, yeah, dude, it'd be great. And then, you know, sending some some files and then he's sending some vocals back. And, you know, I was just like, oh, man, this is perfect. Yeah. Perfect, perfect kind of thing. So it worked out great. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a good it's a good match for sure. Uh, and and, he, and I'm going to get into some specifics. But the, the one thing I wanted to ask there's a, a note I made 
that you had said in an interview somewhere that um, a lot of the music for this record that is coming out next month was kind of already written years ago. So have you been this, but you wanted to kind of let the first record, I guess, sit with people for a while. So do you, was that, have you done some additional tinkering with this music or have you kind of just been waiting for the time and, and um, you know, vocalist to, to put it out? No, I mean, I mean, this record has been done for about a year and kind of just sitting on it, yeah. um, you know, and the label, like trying to figure out when the best release time. And again, the, the COVID time warp thing. And so like everything, the whole scheduling, everything was, was wacky. Um, and yeah, like 90% was done. There was like maybe three. I remember when I went back and I was like, okay, um, let me finish up this part too. You know, the band was going to have this tour in 2020 and the band's back and, you know, April of 2020, I think we were going to go out. So right in the beginning of the year, I said, all right, let me, um, let me just revisit this stuff. I could probably get it done real quick. And then, you know, back the band, you know, we're full on. Right. And then of course, you know, everything just went to hell. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been done for a while and there was a couple of things I did have to add. And luckily that was in the beginning of 2020 when, you know, I, I could still think straight and actually, you know, be creative without all this insanity going on. Yeah. So, um, and again, trying to make stuff different, you know, we were just talking about making things a little different than the band. Those last couple songs, I think Destroyer was one. And I did have the riff laying around and it really wasn't a finished song. And I thought, oh man, this, this is like kind of a friggin' pretty heavy riff. Maybe I'll try a seven string on it. And it's like, oh, you know, I never, that's something new for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was some of that too. So some of this stuff, three or four, I think it was three songs. I had to kind of put together a little more, but most of this, everything was done. I mean, most of it was done. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, a couple of quick questions for our, our sort of gearheads um, that watch the show. Um, are you, are you, do you now the kind of tools you use, are you like in a, a DAW, like pro tools or something? Is that how you do the compositional piece of it? Um, yeah, I'm a Cubase guy. Cubase. I mean, I'll still put, if it's the orchestral stuff, I'll even just grab a pencil and paper sometimes yeah. just to see it or Sibelius or Dorico or some kind of notation thing. Cause I think with that kind of stuff, I, I kind of need to see what's happening in the balance yeah. of the orchestra for that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, as far as everything else, I mean, Cubase, I've always been a Cubase guy, Cubase Nuendo guy always. Do you I mean, I just, I've been using it for so long. It's like, I don't even have to, I don't even have to look. I don't even have to think about it. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. Like breathing. Which is cool. Yeah. It's like breathing to me, dude. Is, uh, do you, do you lay out even some, some rudimentary drum stuff for your drummer to at least understand some of your ideas? Yeah, I'm like kind of stupid with the pre-production, dude. Honestly, I, I kind of freaking overdo it a little because I mean, because I think too, it's like, yeah, I could just put a click on there or some shitty drum beat, you know, with some crappy sounds and, you know, but it's like, I, I like to get it as close to as what it's going to be, Yeah. you know, and this way it's like, you know, when you hear it, it's like, well, here's my idea. And it's like, oh, wow, dude, that's fuck, it sounds great already. It's like, all right, well, now just imagine, you know, uh, you know, you add to that what it's going to be. Yeah. See, I'm a little ridiculous sometimes. 
with the pre-production. But again, I think um, I think you know that that hearing just everything as it should be, or as close to it's gonna as it's going to be. For me, I just think that's important. Yeah, I think I think it's everybody is like, oh shit, this sounds great. Now it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I uh, I know a lot of composers that do that same sort of thing, and I think I think it is important because you know you can interpret something widely different. It just probably saves you some time and you know in the recording. Um, and did, even though, and even, and even with like some synths or even some of the orchestration, um, some of those things that in the pre-production, it's like, oh, okay, I'll just pull them into the real project now. It's like, yeah, I might have to tweak them and really polish them. Yeah. So, I mean, you could save some time there too. So it, it's always, you know, yeah, it's a lot of work, but a lot of it, you could still keep working with and you still have it. Yeah. All right, let's talk uh, about some specific tracks now. Um, the very first track, at least in, in the, the packet I got, the digital pack I got from uh, your press people, uh, is Introduction Part 2. It's a, a kind of a cinematic, really cool cinematic opening piece. Um, this, I tell you, um, I don't know if you also listen to guys like Danny Elfman, no, oh, yeah, of course. But um, there's probably a little Elfman. There's a little Williams, a little Elfman, and there is. There's some. Yeah. There's some Williams, and not, not. Um, uh, let me be clear. Not, not replication. But you can hear inspiration of places where you make um, um, melody choices that have just a little bit of a a mad twist to them, uh, and have a definite feeling about them. Um, and mm -hmm. Elfman's a master at that. Yeah. Uh, so you've 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 like either had those skills or built those skills in your ability to uh, create cinematic music. But that's a it's it's a man. I, the whole opening is just cool. You use places with flutes, the same way Williams does in Star Wars. And I'm just like hearing all of this musical awesomeness. It's like it's a great it's a great opening. Like it just sets an amazing tone, um, even before you get to the first vocal, the first vocal suit tune with vocals. Um, I want to talk about Destroyer. Like this has got a little bit of a Middle Eastern flair, and it is a place where you used some uh, interesting different instruments. I was going to ask, are these instruments you just have lying around, or did you say, hey, I need these for this record? Um, I mean, I do have, I got a lot of stuff laying around, like all over the place, you know. But that track, I didn't have any of those kind of instruments. So... Um, I mean, I remember thinking, it was like, oh man, yeah, I could reach for some virtual instrument sample, but I'm like, I could probably just get one, yeah, you know, and, and fudge my way through it somehow. So yeah, I was like, okay, why not? So, um, let me see if I can swing this around. Yeah, let's see it. See what we got down there. Oh, the freaking... oh wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, you got all that kind of craziness going on. Yeah, Vader hanging out over there. <laughs> so, so the um, I don't know if I'm gonna mispronounce these, but you've got the the oud. Yeah, let me fix this thing. Anyway, it's it's spelled O U D. Um, yeah. It's kind of a lute, but it's fretless, right? Yeah, fretless. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. The first day with that, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but um. I mean, if it has strings on it, usually I can figure it out. 
make a sound on it you know and yeah. it took me a little bit and again it's just like it's just texture for that song you know what i mean it, it's just it's not like some kind of virtuosic uh, solo right thing and i gotta practice for months or something it's like okay i got the basic idea of what how this instrument works yeah and it's just texture in there so that's cool too. I mean, the sample stuff is, I mean, it's fantastic. The technology is so good, but I'm like, you know, there's something about the human thing. That's like not perfect. And it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little sloppy maybe, or it's not perfect, but that's, what's cool about it. Exactly. You know, not being perfect. Yeah. The, um, I just want to say it out loud. The other instrument, at least one of the other instruments, I think it's called the Saz. It's another yeah. long neck lute. Um, but the, I was getting this, you said, you answered the question I was going to ask. Um, which is, you know, the, the, the VIRs now are so sophisticated and so well sampled, they sound great. But the, the playing on an instrument, one of the things that's still, I think, missing, and I don't know that they'll ever replicate it, is like the, 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 the way that the human expresses the music by playing it physically. Um, and, and probably even tonally still, but um, it, was, it, it, uh, it made me happy that you took the time to put these in instruments themselves on there when it would have been really easy just to use a, use a, a virtual instrument. Um, and you can, and you hear it and it, the whole, the whole tune has this really, really great textured sound. And, and, you know, um, even the, the, the rhythms, the way that, and the, the vocal melodies that Dino pulls off that sound very middle Eastern. It's really cool, mm. man. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's done really well. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, the VIs are, you know, the virtual instruments, they are great. I mean, there's some now, especially with the orchestral stuff. It's like, you can, you can get it to breathe. You know, there, there's things you could do and, you know, with editing and performing it in. Yeah. You can get it pretty believable. Yeah. But for something like this, I'm like, and, you know, it's not bad to have, you know, more shit laying around according to me maybe not my wife but you know, it's like what's this now are you gonna use this thing really really yeah I'm like yeah hey, i'm gonna use it i'll show you that i gotta use it you know so yeah i'm not quite sure where you found those is there oh uh, yeah i mean there was some shop i don't know where it was in turkey or somewhere i found online and yeah i was like oh okay yeah yeah that's cool man really cool um okay so metamorphosis one of the first singles um and maybe the heaviest, maybe one of the heaviest vocal tracks on it. Um, I wanted to ask you that the, this tune, um, more, more on a lyrical basis, like what is the, what is the, um, what are you trying to communicate with it? Ah, that one. I think it was just trying to find cool stuff at that point. Yeah. You know, trying to still have this, this, you know, them or us and, and maybe an inner struggle kind of thing. And um, I don't think I wrote any of that during all this craziness. I don't know if I did. Again, it's, it's hard to remember. Yeah. We've but, been um, in this stuff two years now, man. Yeah. There might be a little bit in there, you know, um, but, but, but I don't think much. You know, and, and I think like sometimes with the lyrics, um, yeah, I will try to make it that War of the Worlds kind of thing. And it's definitely kind of more sci-fi-ish. And then some, 
it's more of like maybe a metaphor. Maybe there's some other things of them versus us. And maybe it's kind of political thing, or maybe it's this or uh, the heart and the mind and inner, some other kind of inner struggle. So, um, yeah. And then usually by the end, I'm running out of ideas anyway. So I'm just kind of like, that, that sounds cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, there's, there's passages in the lyrics that um, emotionally, uh, make a hundred percent sense, not just for the music, but for the, the larger idea, even if the lyric itself isn't describing like a story moment. Um, you did like, I don't know if that's just instinctive lyric writing on your part, but that's done really well on the album. Um, and it really well on, on metamorphosis. Yeah, um, I think metamorphosis is probably the less of the sci-fi. I mean, there's always in it, or I'll try to at least get a line in there. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, and something from H.G. Wells, um, even on Divide and Conquer, you know, Eyes of Envy, you know, mm -hmm. watching from afar, that kind of thing. A metamorphosis, maybe, yeah, it's more of an internal thing. You know, there might be a couple lines in there that do have a little bit of the sci-fi thing. But yeah. yeah, it's that. You know, it's them and us or some kind of conflict or some kind of struggle. Yeah. Well, I this may be an, a, a personal allusion, but there's a story by Franz Kafka um, called metamorphosis about this guy turns into a beetle. Uh, it's just trippy. Like I've never, okay. I've never cried for a beetle before that story, <laughs> <laughs> but there, um, so these ideas, the, these ideas have very powerful literary illusions. Um, and, and that song just, it's a killer track. I can understand why the label chose to make it one of the first singles. Um, mothership is a great tune where I wanted to commend you on your use of brass and timpani. Like the, oh, I wow. just, oh. yeah, dude. I was nice. just, I had to re-listen to it several times. Like, you know, what's he doing there? What's he doing there? Um, Cause I do some of my own composition and I'm like, I totally have to understand Michael Romeo's mind here. Uh, you did a, a, an amazing job there. That one was more Elfman than the other ones for me. Um, and I'm a big Elfman fan. So that's yeah. a, that's just a, a thing. Um, definitely some Williams too, is I think there's some polychords. I think there's some other things going on with the brass. Yeah. That normally, you know, in metal, it's like, it's, you don't, it kind of doesn't work if it was just guitars, polyrhythms or yeah. not polyrhythms, like uh, polychords or, or polytonality or some more advanced kind of stuff A guitar alone. I mean, it kind of sounds, you know, messy or attitude or exactly. You know, is he playing a right note there? Something sounds fucked up, but with the brass and some of the orchestra, you can kind of get away with, with, I mean, that thing is, you know, total, Williams or Hulst or, or that kind of um, that yeah. thing with the brass. No, I, I love hearing you say that out loud because there is there are these chords that you create there with the brass that because of the nature of the instrument create really uh, some really cool tension. If you tried to play those just in a regular rock band, you'd just someone oh, would yeah. think you made a mistake. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it doesn't work, man. It doesn't work. I tried it. Believe me, yeah, I tried it. It's, <laughs> There's like a, there's like a, yeah, there's a, you can, a little bit, you can get away a little bit, but then there's a point where you cross the line and then it's just like, oh man, this is, this doesn't really work. Well, that's a great, great track for folks who listen to the record. I, I want you to just listen to it start to finish, but if you want a good sample of a lot of the, the good orchestral uh, cinematic work that Michael does, that's a good example. Um, one of my favorite tracks uh, it surprised me because my very first instinct when I heard it is, oh, this is a little bit balladesque, but it was just before the dawn. Mm -hmm. But then it, it um, got really surprising for me 
in where it went with that. And it's one of those places, I don't know if you're one of those guys like me where um, certain turns in music give you chills, like the, the, the change in the chords, what they're, where they go, and you can just anticipate the resolve and then it happens. This happens for me in this song it, as you go into the chorus. Um, the music is just so beautifully orchestrated. Um, uh, I get chills listening to it. And Dino did a great job. Wait, wait, did you know the changes were coming? No. Or were they unexpected? No, yeah. they were unexpected. I mean, I, I, you know, but the thing that's beautiful about this particular change, and this happens for me not often, but after I've heard the song and then I know the change is coming, the, the, the anticipation of the change is as exciting as the delight of not knowing what was going to happen the first time, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when I would go back and re-listen to this tune several times, um, and I would hear this sort of, this, this change coming, and then uh, after the verse, there's this, there's this like chord, and then you go into this different, uh, I didn't try and break it down on what the actual chord changes were, but it moves into something else that just gives you this, this release and this sense of triumph that's really powerful, Michael. Hope. And, um, hope. A little bit yeah. of hope. Yeah, that's that's right, and it um, and then the way that you, I don't know what the combination of melodic writing here is, um, so I don't know how much uh, Dino did different things, but the melodies that you wrote on top of this are unpredictable. It's not the it's not the first melodic choices you would assume with where the chords are going, and they help. I mean, they just layer on top of this thing. It's uh, it's a glorious track. Um, wow, thanks, man. It it really is like if you, if the record company doesn't try and get behind this one, then I need to talk to someone at the record company. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's um, and there's some stuff there in the chorus, some high harmonies, just just in spots, just to sort of build a a deeper harmonic level, higher harmonic level, that um, uh, just does a really great job of highlighting these these <clears throat> chordal changes. Um, so I wanted to be sure and mention that one. Like, mm. folks, don't go directly to that track. Listen to the whole album. But yeah, I mean, and and, and the album needed one of those songs in the middle there to kind of, you know, chill out a little bit. And I, and again with Dino on that one, it's like, yeah, I mean, I had the basic idea for the melody and a basic idea for the, you know, here's the chord and here's the basic chorus melody. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, dude, you know, run with the ball. And then he's adding different harmonies and he's trying some different things. And, you know, I think that's where the magic happens when it's like, okay, here is the skeleton of, of the idea and now embellish it. Yeah. Well, the, the collaborative fruits on that one. Um, I mean, it, all of the, 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 the cinematic stuff, all of the really heavy stuff it's, and we'll talk about a few more before I let you go. Um, are amazing. This was just, it was a, and this record does this in many places where there's just a, diff, a different feeling. Like there's, we talked about the track that's got this Middle Eastern flair. There are tracks that are principally just cinematic orchestration. There's tracks that are just really, really heavy. Um, mm. And that this is, this is a song that is different from all of those. Um, so this is part of what commends the, 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 the record, I think, to a listener is that it's, uh, it's not so, um, it's not so monotone. It's not so like focused on only one sort of, even, and even in there's places where, um, and I'm not a guitarist, so I can't speak like super deeply to it, but I can, I, you've chosen different guitar tones and different things you've done in different places that were such, such correct like choices for how the guitar should sound. Um, mm. um, 
where, you know, it was either uh, um, crunchier or it was simpler, like drier, like these kinds of things. And I don't know how much you're part of the mixing process, but they, 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 they by turns like went either sort of epic or intimate. Um, and and the, the sound of even the, the guitar choices there, the tones there was part of that. It seemed to me a very considered part of the record making. Oh, no, totally, dude. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, we were, you know, we were talking about the demos and like how, you know, sometimes I'm a little ridiculous because even on the demo, the guitars are doubled and there's all these layered things. And, but I know because that's how it's supposed to sound at the end. So as I'm going, I, I mean, these choices are kind of, yeah, I mean, there's choices that you make during the process. It's like, oh, you know, a happy accident, you know, oh, that, that, that actually worked out. Yeah. But like a lot of those choices early on, it's like, yeah, I mean, the guitar tone is whatever, my guitar tone and it's heavy and that's 90% of the record. But, yeah, you know, yeah, then there's maybe something a little bit cleaner or this is maybe a little bit gritty. Yeah. Holding some chords back there and, and maybe it's a strat and this. And yeah, I mean, it's not just like, oh, let me just plug in whatever and go for it. It's like, no, nah, man, what would what would cut through here? What would serve the purpose here? That was, that was, I can't remember the, the, I don't know if I made, made a note on it, but that was the place that, that telegraphically or, or through the listening experience made me aware that you were making these choices is there's a place that I feel like I heard a strat and it was just, it was a simple thing. It was a softer section, but it just sounded like someone playing a a song to you. Um, And uh, it was just such a, it was a really great moment and, you know, a choice that like, I think a less accomplished songwriter wouldn't have made or not even thought to make. Hmm. Um, so that, that kind of stuff is, is part of what I think makes this album um, so accomplished, like, and, and so easy for me to, to recommend to friends. Um, a couple of more things. I um, appreciate your time here, but there's, I, I want to finish out on this world of worlds too. Um, I'm good, bro. I think this is my last one. So like, okay, don't, don't try to rush it. There's a within, you know, don't be crazy. Yeah, we don't want to go forever. Um, there's a track called Hunted that is very cinematic, too. Mm-hmm. What I want to mention about this one, though, is um, at about the three minute mark, maybe a little over there's past that, there's like a breakdown section, and you get into this um, dreamy um, solo thing that is yet another moment in the record that is different from, from other places. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a moment, I think you're you're very well known for being able to do all kinds of pyrotechnic stuff on the fretboard. This is a moment um, where uh, your melodic choices are, um, they're so, they, they feel very personal. And I, I don't mean that to say like your, your heart's on your sleeve, but they're, it's uh it's got a, it communicates in a way um that just feels more intimate. There's a moment, I mean, one of my favorite guitar players is John Petrucci and mm. he, he does this um, pretty well. And there's this moment on this record that's very like that, where it's, it's almost like you're just kind of having this conversation with the listener with your guitar. Is that, I know that that sounds super sappy. Uh, no, no, I, I get it though. No, get it? I get it. Yeah, no, I totally get it, man. I totally get it. And that's usually the thing. It's like, yeah, that those kind of things, they don't have to be pyrotechnic stuff. And yeah, maybe a little bit's in there. But yeah, it's like just kind of, you know, here comes this guitar melody. I'm like, you know, and you're feeling it at that moment. You know, you're, so hopefully, you know, that kind of conveys to the listener. It does. Yeah. And I, 
you know it's not like oh let me just you know slop down some shit here and 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 yeah whatever no it's like man you got to get in there and and you know massage it a little bit and you know, get it going yeah and that's that's what i was trying to say is is it's not that there's not places where you're doing some runs but it's never it's never like oh well the, i remember that pattern from that exercise it's it's a uh, oh he he has a melody in his head. He has something he wants to do. It happens that he has the technical facility to do it, but the section isn't all about that. Um, um, but you're, you say you're in New Jersey? Mm-hmm. See, I, my other favorite New, New Jersey person is um, Frank Sinatra. Uh, <laughs> and because I love all of that stuff. And um, he's that guy who he had a way of putting over a song where it just felt like he was talking to you. Yeah. Um, and Absolutely, he, man. Yeah. Yeah. He just, uh, I, I, I listen to seriously Sinatra on my serious radio uh, almost as much as I do the metal stuff. But the point is, is, is you have that ability with your guitar. Um, and that's, a that for me, that's one of the highest compliments I could pay you because being able to do that with an instrument, that's not the voice, which is not, mm. you know, um, is unique. It's, it's a unique skill. Um, okay. A couple more. Uh, I'm, I'm going to slaughter this. Machine Minch. Oh, machine and mensch. Machine and mensch, which which means like man and the machine, right? Or machine. It's it's like it's like friggin' robot, you know. It's um, and again, I was running out of you know with the lyrics and ideas. It's like okay, I mean, how I can only do so much. I still want to have something that maybe has a sci-fi thing, of course, to keep it within the limits of of what the album is. Yeah. And I was just kind of looking around at maybe some books or movies and, and that song did have like a more mechanical, you know, check it was like a little bit more uh, edgy, harsh a little bit. And, um, and then it was like, Oh, uh, I don't know if I saw, what the hell? I don't even remember how I stumbled onto it with Metropolis. The yeah. film Metropolis. And it's like, Oh, okay. And here's like, you know, the, the, robot android guy whatever you know machine and mensch so i had to practice saying that a shit ton of times so i'm <laughs> like an idiot i still don't know if i got it right but but yeah it's that kind of thing you know yeah i i'm I, glad you corrected me but um and i'm glad you mentioned uh, fritz lang's metropolis because you know it's got the same kind of machine illusion that uh war of the worlds has uh but this this track's sick man this 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 is a really, really good cut. Uh, and definitely like there's definitely on this one places where I hate to, I hate to invoke the names because I, I hate for anybody to think it, it sounds like I'm saying you are this, but you can hear like the big cinematic um, um, influences of guys like Williams on this track to me. Um, and the fact that you can, by the way, the fact that you have that set of skills makes me wonder if you have any aspiration to score for film. I've done a couple films actually, you know, kind of yeah. low budget horror, and I've actually done like some uh, TV stuff. Okay. Uh, you know, I actually know a couple composer guys that that's like their gig, and like you know maybe they'll pull me on to uh, arrange something. Oh, that's or, cool. Or, or help something. So, yeah, I mean that's I mean I love that stuff. That's fun. But um, but this song, um, and I you know I listen to this song. And like you can say it's like yeah it's this or that guy because it is I, I can listen to it and it's like all right well that solo part i know where i got that from yeah that's a holdsworth thing you know um or, or even metamorphosis i mean 
that's a nod to Rush. You know, that's a nod me taking my hats off to Rush and, and putting a little bit, of, you're not stealing it, but yeah, I mean, it has the essence of that. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, you could say I'm, I'm not offended because these are things that, that I grew up with and I'll come up with a riff and I'll be like, yeah, that's freaking dime bag thing. And, but it's cool. I'll, I'll make it my own, but, yeah. or it's an Iomi thing or it's a Sabbath thing because that's like what we learned. I mean, that's how I learned by sure. doing it. Well, that, and I, we're of like minds there. I, um, I have lots of influence of my own. It's impossible for me not to write things that are going to have echoes of that. Um, yeah. But you're, you know, you've chosen or naturally had an affinity for some of the greats, you know, the, mm. how do they say it? The standing on the shoulders of giants things. Um, and it is in this, in the breakdown on this particular song is my favorite. I think some of my favorite work that Dino did on the record. Um, some of the runs that he does, um, he's able to do some of the, the, it, some of it feels very spontaneous. I don't know um, uh, if like you wrote all of these out or if these are some of the places Whoa. where, what song are we talking about? Which song? Which song? Uh, Machine and Mensch. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did nice. I get it right? <laughs> somebody's somebody's going to write in and say, you uh. gringo, this is not. <laughs> but yeah, there's, um, in that in a, the breakdown section there, um, there's some stuff that Dino does that's just um, some of the, and it's not necessarily because he's hitting the highest note or he's got the, the most amount of growl inside of his voice. Sometimes it's just the the way that the um, the melodic line resolves against the instrumentation um, or a particular run that he does, and I'm I'm sure that there's some combination of what you gave him and maybe some little nuances he added, but um, it's it's probably my favorite section with Dino, because I I know Dino I've had him on the show and I know his voice well enough to know. Uh, you know, the range of cool things he can do. And I love listening to it all, but there's some places here where I heard him do things I hadn't heard him do before. So that's, that's a cool like mm -hmm. element of this record. Um, for both. And I think that, you know, I think that happens when, um, yeah, I know the section you're talking about and yeah, I probably, you know, I did have just a very basic, here's kind of the melodic phrase I'm seeing. And, and then again, it's like, you know, just go with it. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then that, that's when those things start to happen. He's, you know, um, and usually at the end result is great. So yeah, like I said before, man, he, he did a friggin' awesome job. Just yeah. awesome. Yeah, he did. He did. He did a, a great job on this record. Um, there's some, there's, a, I hope you just won't offend you, but there's some places in the parasite that remind me of dream theater. Uh, really? Yeah. There's a, I was going to say, well, they're going to say Slayer, but okay. No, no. Well, it, there's some, there's some, some places in that tune uh, that remind me of this, the astonishing in particular, and um, some of the, 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 the musical choices. And, um, but, but for me, if anybody knows me, like I can't give a better compliment than that just because I, I'm a fan of those guys. Yeah. I mean, me too, dude. I mean, they're, you know, fucking great band. So, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's all a compliment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that one's definitely a little heavier. I thought you were going to like say, you know, it's freaking Slayer or something. But uh, Well, there's some, some yeah, I'll, I'll go back and listen to it and I'll have more ideas later. But but uh, if it's Dream Theater too, I mean, I'm cool with that because again, you know, yeah, great band. Well, and I, and I, I never want to draw, you know, um, um, 
unnecessary correlations. That's not the purpose of me using um, things that I hear. It's it's usually I, I mention them only because um, they're a reflection of of tastes or great musicians, uh, and so that and so that's why I invoke those names. Um, Brave New World outro is killer. It's very somatic, um, very Williams. Um, uh, yeah, man, I, I know that you're never going to perform this live, but there's a little part of me that hurts that you're not going to, <laughs> I mean, you know, don't say never. I mean, you never know. It's, yeah. but when we were, we were talking about it before, it's like, yeah, it would be kind of a, you know, yeah. Big undertaking because you, you're putting this record together, not thinking there's no limits on whatever. So it's like, okay, yeah, you got to do this live. It's like, oh man. All right. Uh, it's going to take a minute to to sort it out. So, I mean, you you never know, but the intention never was. So, yeah, Yeah. and a song like that, there's synths, there's all kinds of percussion, there's, you know, 20 million things going on. Yeah. Yeah, the only only way to do something like that is to have some of it on backing track. And it'd have to be more like a presentation, you know, and, uh, but I could see it, man. I could see you doing something wildly ambitious with cool, cool visuals and putting a night together that's, um, you know, part theater experience, uh, almost. I mean, they did this with, um, Arian, some of his stuff, cause he doesn't usually tour his stuff. They did some big shows and just yeah, this monstrous production. Mm. Um, so you should definitely spend all your money on that. <laughs> what money <laughs> after the last two years, what money are we talking about? Yeah. Here? Because, yeah. You know, Sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think right now the, for me, um, symphony X, we have this tour coming up in May. Right. And like that, that's like what I'm looking forward to kind of getting back to, to touring and all that stuff, because, you know, the other thing is like, oh, you know, you know, what's going on with Symphony X record and, and I've been talking to the guys, you know, I've been talking a lot and it just feels slower than normal. And it, it, it feels a little weird because we just haven't, you know, we haven't played last time we were on tour was the, the end of 2019. Yeah. So it's like you're trying to, you know, think about that stuff and, and just doing band stuff. And we haven't for so long. And so that whole process is is going slow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going. You're talking about a new Symphony X record? Yeah, or... I'm talking about a Symphony X record. Yeah. Okay. But I think the tour, tour coming up, I think when more normal things start happening, things will feel feel more normal i mean it will be easier for me i mean i'll come down here every day and i'm trying to write something you know i was talking to russ and lapon the other day i'm like yeah man i got a couple things i just i haven't found that thing yet that's totally inspiring you know and then god forbid i put the friggin' tv on for a minute with the news or something i'm like oh my god you know what the hell is going on yeah and talking to guys in europe and friends and and over there it's like they're not sure and it's Maybe some places are opening up, but some aren't. And so there's this uncertainty and you just want to come down here and do band stuff and be a band and write songs. And, but then in the back of your mind, it's fucking with you. It's like, oh, well, yeah, but you don't know what's going to happen. You might not, you know, this, who knows? So there's that thing and it really sucks. I mean, I know a lot of musician friends of mine, the same thing. They're like, yeah, man, it's like hard to get inspired and, not feeling motivated and I'm not sure if this tour is going to happen and, or this festival, these festivals. And so like, yeah, there's just some of that shit going on. And, but I think for us, once we start touring again, 
I think everything will start to, yeah, you know, no. you'll, you'll have that fire again, you know, like right now it's just like, oh man, what, what the hell are we doing? Um, what you're describing, it's interesting because I, I spend a lot of my time in this very chair, either composing or, or writing fiction. Me too. But, right, fucking right over there. Right there. And so in some ways, the pandemic didn't change my my day very much. But there's a there's a sort of mental and emotional exhaustion about it, um, whether it's your world's delimited on what you can do, or where you can go or um, um you know, the news, like you talked about, you turn on the news and it's kind of a stream of crap, you know, um, just awfulness. And, um, you kind of feel powerless against most of it, but it's just, it's, uh, takes a lot of emotional fortitude just to kind of suffer through the pandemic. And that's, at least that's how I've been feeling. So I can imagine, you know, trying to be inspired to write a new symphony X record would be yeah, a challenge. Or any, anybody or any, or any, any kind of record or anything, because, the things for me, like that are associated with that, you know, being in front of a crowd and, you know, there's been some times that we're working on a song and it's like, oh, you know, when we do that one live, you know, this thing happens and it's such a great crowd moment and I'll let, you know, and, and you're working on new stuff and maybe some of that comes into your mind. It's like, oh yeah, this would be cool. And I could see this happening. But since it's been so long, you know, the fucking time warp thing, it's like, you know, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, kind of. I kind of remember, but you know, so it's just if it feels so distant, and just us not being around each other, and it's just a slow, it's a slow process. I mean, it's always a slow process because I think we all care about what we do. Yeah, we always try to make it really good. But now you throw this on top of it, and it's like, wow, this is like really. I'm like digging deep, man, to to try to get some some fire. Well, I'll tell you that then then this record. War of the Worlds Part Two, I think release date's March twenty fifth. Do I have that right? That sounds right. Um, comes at a good time for a lot of music fans because it is, um, Michael. It's a great record. It's a great Thanks. record. I appreciate it, dude. Really um, and people, you know, I, I, your fans are gonna love it. Symphony X fans are gonna love it. Um, but the, the my hope is that through things like this, that um, we can interest some folks who maybe haven't heard your stuff before because there's so many entry points to the music here while i prefer people listen start to finish there's tracks here i think to draw someone in because there's just a lot of um variety in this i mean it's a it's a metal record there's a lot of metal on it but there's a lot of other stuff too uh yeah. you know so i i don't want to di- like a metal fans I, w- I don't want you to, to dissuade you like there's there's a lot of metal for you here but there are tracks here that are i mean just i think some of the best expressions of other sides of your compositional life that um could commend it to a lot of um potential fans so we'll do our best to to help there um i know you've got the the record or the uh, tour coming up um what's besides that is there anything next for you you know i know you talked a little bit about symphony x record are there other big collaboration things stuff that's waiting for you no nothing really now you know i think um as we get closer to May, the big thing is going to be, you know, getting back into rehearsal yeah. with, with the band because it's been, it's been so long. So, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, it's going to be a little rusty. Yeah. You know, I'll do my best, but I, I might be sucking the first couple practices and it's like, you know, trying to get it all going. So that, that's the thing, because that's the thing that it's like, yeah, I can write down here. 
and I could still do some music stuff. And yeah, even though it feels weird trying to really be creative and trying to be inspired by anything because everything's a freaking mess. But like actually touring and being with the guys, I mean, it's since it's been so long, uh, it's, uh, it's I'm really looking forward to it, you know, and just yeah. being, you know, just playing for, for people and, you know, talking to people and seeing people having a good time. I mean, like no one has in, in like the last two years, really. It's been it's been kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah. I It's um the only show I've seen in over two years was the, the Dream Theater show. They finally mm. got on the road and they came through town. But it's. um. You know, it's uh, not to put too fine a point on it, but particularly with this kind of music, big part of the culture is going to shows together, you know. Um, mm. And so I think a lot of metal fans, like where they've not had the opportunity because bands can't tour, that's, you know, that's a, they, we feel the malaise. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All yeah. of that. Um, so my last question for you is this. Um, you've you've you, you've done some scoring which i wasn't aware of for for tv and film mm-hmm. um we know all your musical stuff and bands but is there a a mount i call it the mountain you want to climb it might not be creative at all it might be you want to you know i think russell built a boat in his backyard yeah um but is there a thing yeah, that he you did want to- <laughs> he sure did <laughs> oh, like, he's the best i don't know maybe you want to be an actor or maybe you know you want to be a lawyer is there something that in your future you ready? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. You ready? I mean, I love cooking, right? Yeah. I'm all about fucking barbecue pit master. Okay. Uh, I mean, I got my smoker outside. I mean, that kind of stuff. Doing some brisket and ribs. Yeah. That sounds great to me. I, I, dab, I dabble in it. You know, I'm not like one of these, you know, pro guys, but yeah, that's yeah. fun stuff. I mean, down here, it's like, yeah, man, maybe I'll learn to play the cello or some of these other goofy things. And that's cool. Sure. But um, yeah, outside of music, you know, this toy land down here, some of that stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, I love cooking. No one else in the house cooks but me anyway, so I kind of had to learn. Okay. And then, um, you know, started getting into all the grilling and the smoking and all that kind of stuff. And Do you have one of those, I forget what they call it, this particular brand, but it takes Traeger. pellets. Traeger. Yeah, I got a Traeger. Okay. Yeah, you're got a big that, old Traeger out there, dude. I'm not fucking around. You're like not. That's <laughs> serious. That's serious uh, grilling up, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, that's just cool stuff. Something so different. You can sit out there and it's going to take eight hours to, to smoke this meat and you just get your chair and have a beer and just kind of chill out. It's a nice day. And yeah. That's fun stuff. That sounds like exactly the thing we need to do more of to Everybody close does. out this yeah. damn pandem- pandemic. Yeah, a little mental um, relief. Um, well, dude, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, it's um, been great, man. The I want to say one more time. Um, you know, I I I usually pretty heavily editorialize who I talk to on the show. I don't just do them. So usually I get to have pretty cool conversations. But um, this record, it, it you know it it hits all of my buttons because I love the orchestral stuff. Um, and you're so good at this this cinematic songwriting. Um, mm. This is with this, this record, I expected it to be good, but for me, it was a, it was truly a delight to get to listen to. And so I oh, want man. folks, like if you, uh, if you're going to listen to something this spring, make this record part of it. I'm sure it's all in all the places. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I be. think, and I think like you were saying too, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a lot of metal, 
and there's some you know progressive rock and then there's like this classical cinematic yeah. symphonic element uh, there's some electronic stuff and you know and every song's a little different and and it's not just a bunch of stuff thrown together i mean like the songwriting always trying to have a good chorus and the, the music is progressing throughout the record and and some different instruments coming in yeah so i mean i i think too it's like if you like metal stuff i mean you'll probably find something you like if if it's maybe a little more progressive there's something there or if you you know if you love uh, film music or any kind of this rom late romantic 20th century classical there's a little hints of that so uh yeah. there's there's something there i think for everybody and what you said there i i neglected to say earlier i think and so i just want to emphasize it so that it doesn't get lost to to our our viewers and that is that it all of these these moments that we've talked about across the various tracks where you're doing cinematic work or you're doing these different flavors of songwriting, they're never horn shoot in. They're they always like the one of the things you're pretty expert at is transitions. And so there's places where you've been in a pretty aggressive sort of heavy thing, and then there's this like you don't you're not even aware of it. In fact, there's places where I suddenly realized I was listening to. Uh, something cinematic and I said how did he get here and I would rewind and I would listen to how you, you you created these transitions in order to go into a different place sonically it's it's masterfully done uh so it's it's not a this isn't Legos this is um this is really really artfully crafted and, and I think Michael the the thing about this for me is there are tons of guys like you can go to YouTube there's tons of guys that are fast like there's so many fast guys um, this, the thing that it's this third gear that you possess the ability to hit where you take all of that and musicality and write songs. It's the songwriting that elevates your music. So I, I really, I'm happy to have gotten a chance to talk to you, to listen to this record and to commend it to anybody. And I, and I've got tons of friends They're They're begging me for a pre-release listen. I said, no, not doing it. It'll, I'll get, I'll get blackballed by the, the press people, but day one, we'll do a listening party. All right. Yeah, come come down here to Jersey. I'll I'll make you some brisket. We'll fucking crank up some tunes, bro. Dude, that's tempting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, do me one quick favor. Um, stay on the call after I play the outro, just so I can say a personal goodbye. Okay. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I'm here. All right. Hey, man. It's a pleasure, though. Really, dude. It was a good time. Dude. Um. Um. Pleasure was mine. Thank you. <laughs>